Welcome back. We are glad you have chosen to join us for the conclusion of Pastor Tim's message from Luke chapter 8, verses 22 through 25, entitled, Into the Storm. Pastor Tim states, I mentioned to you on the last broadcast that during your storms, remember that Jesus hasn't abandoned you, but also remember that Jesus has the ability to calm every storm you face. Here's Pastor Tim. Now, there's something else about these storms. Not only do they come suddenly, they come severely. They come severely when those contrasting air masses hit together right in the middle of that lake. It does so with violent results. So much so that those little boats like Jesus would have been in, they are in immediate danger. When the Bible says jeopardy, that's exactly right. In fact, skip ahead with me just a little bit into that next verse. Look at what these experienced fishermen and boatsmen think about it. It says, they came to Jesus and they awoke him and they said, Master, Master, we are perishing. They know they're in danger. They know they're in trouble. You know, I gave you, the, um, I gave you a couple of uh, quotes from a few good men not too long ago. I love that movie. Every time it's on, it seems like it's on all the time. I get to watch it all the time, you know. So there is Colonel Jessup on the stand, and, uh, and, and they're talking about uh, the, the Santiago, you know, who's been killed. And, the, and Jessup says something about Santiago was in danger, to which the Lieutenant Caffey, the lawyer, says, is it grave danger? Any of you remember what Jessup had to say about that? He said, is there any other kind? <laughs> it's all dangerous. I mean, it's grave danger if it's danger. Storms are storms. And they upheave your life. They can destroy a person's life. It's what they're designed to do. There's going to be trouble that's going to come your way. Somebody said it very well. You're either headed into a storm... You're in a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. And by the way, if you're coming out of a storm, then guess where else you're headed? <laughs> At some point, you're going right back into another storm. It's just the way life works, isn't it? Jesus said it rains on the just and the unjust. It's not that believers and unbelievers have some kind of different perspective on life. Life comes at us hard, no matter who we are. The question comes, what are you going to do about that? What are you going to turn to? Who are you going to turn to? Do you rely on your own resources? Do you rely on your own capability? Remember a different storm that Jesus finds himself in? In this case, he has sent the disciples on the boat ahead of him. And then they find this storm. And the Bible says in the book of Mark that they were straining at rowing. In other words, they were doing everything possible as experienced boatsmen to cure their situation. And oftentimes that's where we turn to first, isn't it? We want to do whatever we can do. We want to do our very best to cure, to correct, to fix the situation and the trouble that we find ourselves in. More often than not, the storm is bigger than you are. 
goes beyond your resources, goes beyond your level of endurance. So you can't look simply to yourself, can you? Can you look to your government to bail you out of these storms? No. Can you look to your friends to bail you out of these storms? No, as good as they are. You look to your church to bail you out? No, as loving as we are, no. Look to your pastor to bail you out? I mean, as pretty as he is. (laughs) He can't help it, you know? What are you relying on? Some kind of mysterious, mystique, spirituality that may or may not be out there somewhere? No. You need to look to Jesus. You need to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of the Father to always make intercession for you. He knows that you're going through a storm. He's praying for you as you go through a storm. Why not go to Him? Why not go to Him? Listen, let me give you a third item on your list today. Number three, you need to know that the Savior is the Lord Jesus. The Savior is the Lord Jesus. Peter is not the most important person on the boat. He might be the the loudest, but he's not the most important. There, There are others, a captain... A steerer, a, 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 today, somebody who works on the engines. Man, those people are important. But they're not the most important. Most important person on that boat is not even you. Most important person on the boat is Jesus. It's Jesus. And where is He? I mean, where, where is He Really? You know, the Bible says, we, we saw it there in, uh, in verse number 23, that he fell asleep. And then it says it again in verse number 24, they came to him and they had to wake him up. Master, master, we are perishing. You know, Mark's gospel, I'm sorry, Matthew's gospel, they come to Jesus and they say, Lord, save us. They know where to go, don't they? And they know what they need. They need to be rescued. They need to be saved. You know what you need, don't you? There's some people in here who need to be saved for the very first time. For the very first time who need to repent of their sins and give their hearts to Jesus. To be saved. But listen, every person in this room who knows what it's like to go through a storm needs Jesus. Needs Jesus to be their deliverer, for Jesus to be their savior, for Jesus to be their rescuer. He is indeed the most important person on the boat. There's a couple of things, though, that we learn about Jesus in this passage. First of all, we learn he was sleeping. (laughs) He was sleeping. We saw where he fell asleep and where they had to wake him up. In Mark's gospel, they they, they, Mark has them with a little bit more that they're saying. And they've equated Jesus being asleep by asking him and saying, Jesus, 
don't you care about us? Don't you even care that we're perishing? So there are a number of people who look at the storms of life and they come to two conclusions. One is they say Jesus doesn't care. He didn't care. He didn't care about you. He didn't care about what you're going through. And or number two, he's not capable. I want you to know that he's both. He cares about you. He cares about the storm that you're going through. You're not in the storm because he doesn't care about you. He's in the storm with you because he does care about you. It's not that he's incapable. He has a greater purpose in mind. You just want to be at land, don't you? You just want to be safe. You just want to be out of the storm. You just want that part to be over. If life had a remote, we would continue to fast forward until we got to the points where we like. But it's in those other part, portions of life. God's teaching you what He could never teach you otherwise. He's got His glory on display like He could never have on display without being your rescuer. Yes, He's sleeping because He is content. He is at rest. He is at calm. He is at peace. Because he is in control. He's in control of every step of your life. Every one of them. There are no mistakes. There are no accidents that have happened to you. You are right in the palm of his hand. He's using those things to bring him glory. He's using those things to bring you to himself. He's using those things to bring you into more likeliness of Christ. Than anything else. He's asleep while you're worrying. If you would give your worries over to Jesus, you'd probably sleep a little better too. You know, I do tease Dina sometimes at night when I, you know, the way I sleep when I go to bed, I lay down, I'm asleep, you know. And sometimes I'll go in there, you know, she doesn't let me go to bed when she goes to bed. She says, I got to go to, she got to go to bed first because she wants to go to sleep. Because if I go to sleep, then I start snoring and keep her awake. I don't know what she's talking about. I never heard myself snore. So I come in there. Sometimes she's still awake. So I just tell her, you better get with it. Because <laughs> here I go. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm gone. She'll say, I don't know how you can fall asleep so quick. To which I usually say to her, if you had a clear conscience, then you could go to sleep too. <laughs> By the way, this is not marital counseling. Don't do that. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work very well. But I will tell you this. Your heart will be at peace when you're at peace with God. We all want the peace of God that passes all understanding, don't we? But it's the fact that we need peace with God that makes us His. If you'll stay there, you'll sleep better too. Number two, second thing that they learned about Jesus was that He is sufficient. He is sufficient. He is sufficient for that storm and He's sufficient for all. 
Look at verse number 24 as it continues after they go and wake him up. It says, Jesus arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased. And there was calm. Jesus is sufficient for that day, isn't he? He's sufficient for yours. There's not anything that's not under his authority. Not anything that's not under his control. If you're going through the storm, and he's in there with you, you don't have to worry. He's in control of that. It's not out of control. It's not whipping about aimlessly. There is an aim. There is a purpose. There is a direction, isn't there? And he's working his will. So then it just comes down to me. I'm on the boat. I'm in life. I'm in a storm. I'm in trouble. What am I going to do? Who am I going to turn to? I can't turn to myself. I can't turn to these other things. I can't turn to these other programs. I can't turn to these other people. So I turn to him. And I may hear him saying, just like he said to those disciples in verse number 25, look at it. He said to them, where is your faith? Where's your faith? Where is it? Is your faith in these things that cannot answer and cannot help? Or is your faith in the one who created the wind and the waves by the power of his mouth? Who keep them in constant sustenance by his own will? He's the one that holds it together. Where is your faith? There's really a, a better question that we would say in English that we would translate it that way. Not just where, but in whom? In whom is your faith? Look, now these are the disciples, right? These are not just some bozos that doesn't know, you know, one end from another. I mean, these are people who'd seen Jesus do incredible things and who'd already given their lives to following him. And yet it says they were afraid and they marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? Man, who, who is this, really? This is not a magician performing tricks, this is not a teacher teaching lessons. He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey Him. Listen, if He creates the winds and the water, and they obey Him, <laughs> He created me, guess what I'm supposed to do? Obey Him. I obey Him when it seems to be easy. And when it seems to be hard, I obey Him when we're headed into the sunshine. And I obey Him when we're headed into a storm. Because of this very last part, He is sufficient. He is sufficient for you. Will you go? 
Will you go into the storm? Will you do the thing that is so difficult? Maybe it's telling a coworker about Jesus. Maybe it's sharing with a family member your own testimony. Maybe it isn't giving. Maybe it isn't answering a missionary call. No matter what it is, will you go? My going says, yes, I trust Jesus. Let me ask you to bow your head and close your eyes with me. Because I want you to tell him that directly. Yes, I trust you, Jesus. There may very well be somebody in this room today who needs to say, you know what? I've never really asked Jesus to come into my heart. That's the heart, that's the storm for me today. Well, do it. Tell him, yes, I trust you, Jesus. Give him your life. Maybe there is something difficult that you know that God's calling you to. Just tell him, yes, I trust you, Jesus. Let's go into the storm together. I want to help you if I can. Maybe during this invitation time you come forward, you say, Tim, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to know that I know that I belong to Him. I've tried everything else. And I just want to trust Him. Maybe there's some issue going on in your life. Maybe it is one of those decisions about a storm. And you say, Tim, I'm ready to be obedient. Will you pray with me? I will. Maybe you need to plant your life in this church. Maybe you need to join this church. Let this church be your church. I trust you, Jesus. This is where you're sending me. I trust you. Maybe there's just something that you need to do. Maybe you all by yourself in the altar. Maybe you with a friend in the altar. This business time, isn't it? Jesus, we trust you. We trust you for our eternity. We trust you in these temporal things as well. We know that we derive both safety and liberty from you. And so we exercise that freedom today to simply say, I trust Jesus and I will follow him wherever he sends me, no matter what. Bless every person in this room right now with the presence of your spirit who guides them into their very next step. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand together. If you need to come, I'll wait for you. The altar's open. Man, use it. I want Sean them to lead us as we sing. Ready? This year at Britt David, we would like to challenge you to share the love of Christ with those you come into contact with 
each day. Remember, he who wins souls is wise. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.